everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this fine, fine weekend? Alan, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? You got any big plans this weekend? Well, you know, actually, uh, it's our anniversary this weekend. Oh, well, congrats. How long? Uh, 23 years. Oh, wow. That is a long time. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Mark, yeah. shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, not, not to get too personal, um, but, you know, we are going to do a little celebrating. And I, I suggested to my wife that we do something that we, we've really never done together. Hmm. Um, it was a little embarrassing, hmm. but I, I told her I wanted to watch some, or wanted her to watch something with me. Hmm. You know, something I usually watch alone. Hmm. It's a form of adult entertainment. Hmm. And I don't think she's really given it a fair chance. Hmm. But I think I got her to agree. So we're, uh, we're going to watch it tonight. Oh, that's a good thing. Um, that might be a little personal, but I'm almost afraid to ask, what are you going to watch? Oh, sure. Yeah, we're watching The West Wing. Oh. I, I thought we'd start with the pilot. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to get her to watch this for years. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What did you think I meant? I, no, no uh, that uh, The West Wing is exactly what I thought the thing you said that you were talking about. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, good. Should should we get into this episode? Yes, please. Oh, well, Mark, speaking of adult themes, yes. today's episode is season three, episode 11, Jerry's Painting. Yep. And as you recall, there, there's even some, uh, I think, full frontal nudity in this one. Uh, there's the painting, of course, but yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. You might want to pay more attention. I need to rewind. Okay. You really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, uh, as we said, Jerry's Painting from season three, episode 11, First aired on April 28th of 2011. Yep. This was directed by Dean Holland, who we know well by now. Yep. Uh, this is his sixth of 27 episodes. You know, he directed the most of any director on, on this show. I think I did know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And then was written by our buddy, Norm Hiscock. I hope we can call him our buddy since we, we did get a chance to meet him. He's super nice guy. We did a great interview with him. And uh, He told me I could call him his buddy. He said you could. I mean, you're, I mean you can if you want, I guess. Sure. This is that whole Canadian thing, right? You got that French Canadian thing and he's from Canada. If you're not French Canadian, you don't understand. Back bacon. I know. Mon bleu or something like that. I don't yeah, know. It's a two four pack of two fours. Yeah. Pack of two fours. Mm -hmm. Well, this is Norm's fifth of 10 episodes. He's about halfway through his writing. Nice. Where, where he got the official writing credit anyway. Nice. Yeah. Well, Mark, you know, another interesting thing about this episode, um, we've got this clocking a 2638 runtime. Yeah. Um, it, on the DVD, it wasn't listed as a producer's cut, but that's pretty much how a producer's cut run. Most most standard episodes run about 2120, 2122, something like that. Um, I, I, I had trouble finding anything shorter. Well, you know, Alan, we here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, we, we spare no expense to get the finest version of every single episode for you, our loyal podcast viewers. So of course. For this one, man, it's just like you said, Constantine had his arms full tracking this one down. I mean... We flew this in from Hawaii by way of Alaska, I think. It was translated from English to Japanese and back to wow. English. It was really, it was a lot of trouble. Um, it, it's, you know, as you said, it was the very rare uh, special uh, 26 minutes, 38 seconds in length. It's not quite the producer's cut. We weren't sure what it was. And we thought it was all special and stuff. And we were all proud. And then we realized this extended version or producer's cut or whatever, it's not that special. It's like that's actually the only version we can find. That's weird. Um, I, I heard of Constantine. He checked like all, all of the major streaming platforms. 
you know, he wrote uh, to, to somebody, uh, you know, maybe he wrote to Norm in Canada. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But uh, we, we just couldn't find anything shorter than 26 minutes. Yeah. He checked the van down by the river. They didn't have it. I mean, <laughs> the, it, it, that it, guy with the trench coat on the bank there. No. So, Alan, I, I have a theory. Yeah. So you do you, you think that the short version even exists, Mark? Uh, well, let's see. You're, you're getting on something. Oh, you, okay. you and I, I believe, are familiar with uh, the Mandela effect. Well, well, right? sure I am, Mark. But, you know, pretend I'm not like I'm one of our listeners and, and maybe tell me what it is, you know, because they need to know. I, I know, of course. Well, Alan, our, our, our loyal LFP Worldwide Headquarter, uh, uh, you know, loyal podcast viewers, they're very, very intelligent, all of them. But all but them. but for you, I'm going to pretend like maybe they're yeah, not. Talk to me like I'm a third grader. Mark. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So if you don't know what the Mandela effect is, the Mandela effect refers to a situation in which a large mass of people believes that an event occurred when it did not. So the first example, oh. of course, is when. Uh, people thought the former South African president Nelson Mandela died in a prison in the 1980s, and he actually didn't. That never happened. And so he died in 2013. Uh, another sillier example, for example, involves the classic cartoon series, the the Flint Stones, which a lot of people remember as being the Flintstones without the T oh, yeah. after the N. So it's just very interesting. And a lot of people remember it like that. So, Alan, I, I pose it to you, good sir. Are, are you and I experiencing a Mandela effect of our own? Like, did, did an aired version of approximately 2130 or 2120, did it ever exist? Are we are we making this up? Are we imagining it? I, it's possible, Mark. We we tend to make up a lot of stuff on this show. I don't know if most of our viewers know that because I think we do a pretty good job of selling it. But but here you, you may be on something. Yeah. You know, actually, uh, so the Mandela effect is where people – believe something that did not happen happened. Yeah. So what would the, what's the, what do you call the effect when something did happen, but people don't believe it did? The man didn't effect? Oh, you just blew my mind. I think that's what it needs to be called. I, I don't know what a better thing would be than that. <laughs> Actually, Mark, to put a button on this, yeah. uh, put a bow on this. Yeah. I believe the reason we believe Mandela effect aside, which is fascinating, by the way. And of course, I did know that. So thank you for reminding our viewers um, because they they didn't know. Uh -huh. I did. Um, the IMDB says that there is a 2121 of this. It does. It does. So we had like a reason to believe it actually, but boy, could we not find it. So but, what, what you're saying yeah. is somewhere out there, there is allegedly corroborating event yeah. or evidence that there was something of that. Here's the way. one thing I realized Constantine did not do that he should have done. Uh -huh. And shame on him for not thinking of it. But, I'm, you know, I'm going to scold him a little bit. Uh -huh. I think you should have gone to the library and look for a VHS tape. The library is so played out. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love inside jokes, Mark. You know, <clears throat> plus they're evil. I mean, right? I mean, we Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. Like, we've, we've technically not allowed our staff to even go in a library. No. Yeah. Why would we? No, oh, good point. Yeah. Well, Mark, should we get into the synopsis and get this episode on the road? Absolutely. Let's let's start going for it. Well, I split this uh, into two stories, an A story and a B story. So we'll see if the judges scold me for that. Um, the first story I have entitled... The little centaur that could. <laughs> I like it. The gang attends an art show with paintings intended for government buildings. Jerry painted the topless centaur goddess Diaphina, which she accidentally made to look like Leslie. 
Jerry apologizes, but instead of embarrassed, Leslie is kind of empowered by the painting. And the next day, activist uh, Marsha Langman, who we know and love, um, deems the painting unsuitable for a government setting and demands it be destroyed. Leslie goes on, you heard, with Purd, to rouse public support for the painting. And Chris finally resorts to convening the Pawnee Public Arts Commission, or PPAC, to rule (laughs) on the painting. What will happen? Will Leslie receive support from porn star Brandy Max? Does the fat little cherub in the painting look like anyone we know? What will the P-Pack decide? Is there some way that Jerry can save the day? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. All right. In the B story, uh, I entitled... A place Ben can call home. Oh. Um, now that Ben is staying permanently in, in Pawnee, he yeah. leaves the uh, wonderful and beautiful Pawnee Super Suites Motel and moves in with Andy and April, who have a spare room in their house since their previous roommate, Burley, moved out and apparently left the house to them, which I have more to say about that. Uh, but although the two have only been on their own for a week, the house is a freaking wreck and they don't have any normal, like adulting items like plates or <laughs> utensils, that sort of thing. <laughs> so Ben decides to teach a reluctant Andy and April how to, you know, adult. How will this turn out? Will April and Andy each get their own fork to eat with? What does Ben have against turkey chili for breakfast? Are bills somehow less expensive if you freeze them? Can you actually fry marbles? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job, Mark. You know, we should mention really quick, we did have a couple of guest stars in this episode. We got Jay Jackson coming back as Perd Happily. That's right. We've got Darlene Hunt as Marsha Langman. Oh, yes. Love her, hate her. She's terrific. Yep. And for the first time this week, we've got Mara Marini playing Brandy Max. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. And yes, we do. Just barely. Yep. And then we'll see her, quite a bit of her, uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Going forward in the series. Yes. And then we've got another appearance by Oren, played by Eric Eisenhower. That's right. Love yeah. it. Good stuff. So, Mark, should we do our AKAs really quick before we get into the breakdown? Yes, let's do our AKAs. Absolutely. That is the thing that we need to do. It is the thing. All right. Well, I had two and they both came from awesome. By the way, the judges did agree that this was a two story arc episode. Oh, thank God. All right. So you're you're right on track. You know what, Mark? A couple more weeks like this, you may get your parking spot back. Don't. I don't want. Don't get your hopes up. Don't. Why? 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 Why would you jinx it? You're making me sound like Peter Brady over here. Just let let it go. Are you going through something there, Mark? Time to change. All right. So, (laughs) God, God. we're so old. We're so old. A little bit. A little bit. You know, whatever. All right. AKAs. I have two of them. They both came from the A story. Um, The first one is we mentioned uh, Oren. We love him. Yeah, sure. And while uh, they haven't. So there's that art show going on. And and Oren, like Jerry, has a a display that he brought. He sure does. And. there's a scene where several of the gang, including it's Ron, like a five, maybe a five or six foot by six foot canvas. It's, it's an huge. enormous uh, thing there. Yeah. And uh, and so lots of them are looking at uh, the thing and apparently it's uh, empty. It's like blank. Hmm. And, and Ron simply says in a very Ron way, you forgot to paint a painting, son. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to crack me up. It made me laugh as well. And then I think that I say that that's my runner up. So then my primary, my winner, a.k.a. is when we already kind of tipped our hat that, you know, the great uh, 
uh, Darlene Hunt, who playing yeah. uh, come back as uh, Marsha Langman. Yes. So she's complaining about this uh, topless uh, uh, centaur painting, you know, and and at certain point she's just flabbergasted and just exasperated. And she like points at it and says, who had sex with what and gave birth to which? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my winner. Uh, not only was it funny, but it was an excellent execution of the English language. Yeah, she, yeah. she she spoke well. Yeah, nice job, Norm. You know the guy who wrote the episode. Oh, him. Yeah, it's like I don't remember Norm in the scene. Does someone just <laughs> jump in there? All right. Yes, good job, Norm. Yes, Mark. I had uh, two as well. One for the A story and one for the B story. Okay, you know? so I played by the rules. You know Yo. me. You know me. I can't help it. So from the eighth story, which is uh, our art art show. Yeah, nude art. centaur. Nude centaur. Yeah, nude centaur. Yeah. Uh, Tom is referring to the nude centaur painting mm-hmm. and says, "Look, it's topless Leslie glued to a horse." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to be crass and yeah. stuff about it. Okay. The glue to a horse is the part that got me. I mean, it's just so good. I assume that's how biology works. It's it, totally. Gl- glues involved. Well, yeah. Marsha couldn't explain it any better. No. Yeah. So. And then from the B storyline, you know, our April Andy, you know, uh, trying to get adulting. Yeah. Under their wing there. Um, <laughs> you know, at one point, uh, I think Ben is trying to help them do a minor task, probably laundry. It was laundry, of course. Mm. And, uh, he says, uh, you don't have any detergent. And Andy says, well, bubble bath, clothes, soap, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just it, saying they both make bubbles. They so. do. It's not. It's hard to argue with. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's science, son. It's science, son. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how that turns out, Mark. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our episode breakdown. All right. Well, we'll jump into the cold open here. It's it's a fairly long one. It's one minute, 42 seconds. It is plot relevant. Uh, Leslie comes into Ben's office in the morning and startles him and makes him jump and whack his head against the cabinets, which I just really chuckled at. I love good physical comedy. It was good stuff. Um, Leslie reminds Ben about the art show that night, uh, later that day, which Ben assures Leslie, oh, it's going to be a big hit. You know, everything you put your paws on there is, is good. Um, <laughs> and they continue to kind of sort of have like a... Sw- I love the animal imagery here already. I know. I know, we right? We haven't even seen the painting yet. I know. It's good. See, it's, it's what you call foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing. I looked that up. Oh, yeah. I used to not know. Yeah. So, I mean, so Leslie reminds Ben and they continue to have, they have kind of like sort of a sweet, awkward, flirty presence with each other, you know, which is kind of consistent with how they've been here recently. Mark, I believe you hashtagged this a while back during the uh, Pony Harvest Festival episode as dork flirting. Oh, dork flirting. Yes, I did. God, I'm smart when I remember that. Yes. Yes. We'll start using that hashtag. Nicely. So dork flirting is going on here. And then Chris joins them and uh, dork blocks them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's good, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, Mark, that's pretty good. <laughs> Proceed. So, yeah, then Chris comes in and uh, kind of dork blocks them. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, and he tells Ben about a woman that apparently he thought would be a good idea to you know, ask out in, in for Ben. Sure. Cindy Miller. Cindy Miller, who works for government, which made Leslie mad because, hey, what about your rule? But apparently her office is separate from theirs. So no, yeah, it's totally separate. And Chris is so excited that he calls her like right there on speakerphone. So, Hi, Cindy Miller. This is Chris. Look who's here. It's Ben. Well, you can't see Ben. You're on the phone. <laughs> I, I added that part. Um, and he gets her and Ben to talk and they awkwardly do. And 
Chris is just really excited. And I think Ben's a little bit put out about this. I love uh, not only are they they're Mark, they're so separate mm-hmm. that this is not anything like Leslie's affair with Tom Haverford. Nothing like it at all. <laughs> Chris. Well, Mark, from the cold open, we yes. move over to Leslie's office and Leslie feels awful, mostly because she can't do what she or the light bulb wants to do, which is to make out with other light bulbs of their choice, Mark. It's, it's all about freedom to choose here. It completely is light bulb or not. And so Leslie and Anne are, as you said, they're in together in Leslie's office. They're having lunch together. I think uh, Anne's munching on carrot sticks. Leslie has her head down on her desk. She's frustrated and she's venting to Anne about the Ben situation. And Anne sympathizes with her, realizing that she feels, you know, powerless. She didn't really know that she can do anything. And But Anne offers Leslie the only comfort that a friend can give. Sure. A hug? Nope. Paxil. Oh, well, even better. Yep. <laughs> Well, out in the city hall courtyard, Ben sees Tom and does what every serious person does and asks Tom for advice, uh, in, in this case, on his living situation. Well, who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he asked Tom if he knows anybody who's looking for a roommate. And uh, apparently he's been looking to leave the, uh, as we alluded to, the lovely Pawnee Super Suites Motel where he's been yeah. staying for the last seven months. But he's staying here, you know, somewhat permanently now. So he needs to find some place to go. And Tom tells Ben he can't help him says because he only has one bedroom and he could need the couch, you know, on account of if he brings a woman home, then, you know, uh, certain ri- rituals and might involve. And, but um, but he, he Tom does know someone who might be able to help Ben out. Mark, you know, uh, the Pawnee Super Suites Motel there, apparently he's been there for seven months. Yeah, it's charming. It's wonderful. Uh, has run has wonderfully random wake-up calls, um, unstable temperatures, and as of yesterday, bedbugs. Bonus. Yeah, four stars. Said nobody (laughs) ever. nobody. Well, as you alluded to it, Mark, we're going to find ourselves at the shoeshine stand. Mm -hmm. And much like in The Godfather, Andy and April make Ben an offer he simply cannot refuse. (laughs) Although... Uh, like in The Godfather, he probably really should. He probably really should. If you haven't seen The Godfather, yeah. Ben really should not do that. He should not do that thing. So, yeah, Ben's at the shoeshine stand. He's talking to Andy and April. And they tell Ben, the short of it is they tell Ben that Burley moved out. I think that live with his rich girlfriend. I his rich say. girlfriend, apparently. Good, yeah. good for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, and he left the house to them. Hashtag. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> And they need help with the rent. So, okay. Yeah. And after giving Ben a hard time with various insane house rules that, quite frankly, Ben's still not sure which are legit and which she was kidding about. um, (laughs) He finally agrees to move in with them that night. Well, you know, uh, those house rules, Mark, are pretty important to April and Andy. I think maybe more April than Andy. Yes. um, You know, you can't use the front door. Nope. Uh, You have to climb in through the back window. Yep. Uh, no personal phone conversations. No way. And if you ever speak to her in Spanish, she wants you to use the formal usted. Usted. Yeah. Uh, no electricity after 6 p.m. either. I don't get that. Electricity is free. <laughs> oh, Andy, you simple, simple man. Oh, uh, we love it. Yeah. Hey, Mark, you want my gum? No. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to head over to the William Percy Rec Center, one of my uh, favorite spots in Pawnee, of course. Yeah. And it's finally time for the art show. And, uh, you know, Ron, as a lover of all artistic expression, is thrilled to provide the opening comments. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Leslie is there with Ron, or at least in this scene, it's just the two of them. I think there are others there. But Leslie is still kind of down about Ben. And she normally would make the opening remarks for this art show. And she's just not feeling it. So she badgers Ron, badgers him and badgers him and badgers him. You know how that goes. And so finally, you know, he says no about 10 times before saying a typical Ron, damn it, woman. And then, you know, as he finally gives in and <laughs> his his opening remarks are so good. Could we have Constantine play this clip? Yeah, I think he may have it queued up. Uh, Constantine, you all ready? Yeah. What? Dude, we gave you like 30 minutes notice. All right. Hold on, Mark. Can you play like the Jeopardy music or something while you get... Okay, he's ready. Here All right, good. All right, go. Okay, everyone, shut up and look at me. <laughs> Welcome to Visions of Nature. This room has several paintings in it. Some are big, some are small. People did them and they are here now. I believe that after this is over, they'll be hung in government buildings. Why the government is involved in an art show is beyond me. I also think it's pointless for a human to paint scenes of nature when they could just go outside and stand in it. Anyway, please do not misinterpret the fact that I am talking right now as genuine interest in art and attempt to discuss it with me further. End of speech. Wow. <laughs> so good, Mark. So good. I yeah. could not do yeah. any better. I no. love that. Oh, I love uh, visions of nature. Yeah. What a theme. Yep. I guess that's technically true. We'll talk about one of the paintings here in a minute. I, I've never seen it in nature, but I guess that's where you would see it if you did see it. Yeah, a fake nature, maybe a, yeah. a, a nature that doesn't exist, an imaginary nature, sure. Yeah, yeah. an imaginary land. Yeah. Fantasy land. Yeah. But not the Disney World. No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, we're cut over to Burley's house. Um, I'll call it AKA April and Andy's house, uh, AKA 1271 Gunderson Lane, Mark. Well, Alan, how do you know it's Gunderson Lane? I made it up. I mean, look, Mark, it just said 1271. And I figure Mayor Gunderson, this guy we're going to hear about for years and hardly ever see, he's probably that important. So Gunderson Lane. You know, like the great explorers of yesteryear. Yeah. I like how you're not shy about planting your flag in nonsensical look, places. I, someone's got to do it. Right. Well, Mark, in this scene, our new roomie, Ben, is back at the house for the first time since the wedding. And, uh, you know, to find out a little more about April and Andy's interior decorating skills, which apparently started right after Burley moved in with his rich girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know, even though Burley has only been out of there a week, the entire house is an unholy mess at this point. Like they they explain it's because Burley was, you know, the one that did stuff the cleaning the, yeah all of it I think. all the yeah. stuff he did all the stuff and ben i think is both amazed and disgusted if that's a combo um <laughs> especially when he looks in a pan on the stove God. and and just looks at them incredibly incredibly there and says have you been frying marbles do you know a better way to check on the fire alarm mark i don't I don't know. That just that just wowed me. And then they're like, yeah, you know, like that. That's what you do when you test the fire alarm. You fry marbles. So, you know, you're never too old to learn. I love the April Andy talking head here where, you know, they say, of course, and we knew this, Mark. But yeah, the, for our viewers, the, the biggest challenge to picking the perfect roommate is to find someone willing to pay more than their share of the rent. Well, you know, they're, they're without knowing wrong. it. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. No. Well, back over at the rec center, um, like in beauty, Mark, 
art sometimes is in the eye of the beholder. And I'm having trouble beholding Oren and his art uh, or this topless centaur personally. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into this. So the the, the first little part, we have uh, Donna and Ron and Leslie and they're that we alluded to this. They're looking at Oren's painting. They're just staring at it. The, the camera pulls back so that we, the viewers, can view the painting as well. Yeah. And it's a huge but blank canvas. And Oren is just standing beside it like, yep, here we go. And that's where <laughs> that's part of my that's my AKA, uh, you know, you forgot to paint a painting, son, which I really like. That's uh, good, Ron. And then we um, we cut to uh, the gang looking at Jerry's painting. And and I think the gang at this point is Anne and Tom and Donna. Yeah. And we don't see the painting right away. We don't see the painting right away. And and they're uh, they're very complimentary towards Jerry and Anne. And, uh, you know, it's of the centaur goddess Diaphina, and they seem stunned, Anne in particular. Um, and Anne sees Leslie across the room, probably at Orrin's painting, and Anne urges her, hey, Leslie, why don't you come over here immediately and look <laughs> at uh, this wonderful Jerry's painting that he did here? And then she does, and we see Leslie, when we still haven't seen it as no. the viewers, yeah. and we see Leslie grimace in alarm as she realizes the... <clears throat> bare-breasted female centaur looks exactly like her. And then it's at this point that Jerry realizes that he accidentally, probably subconsciously, painted it to look like Leslie. And, and Jerry apologizes to Leslie and he offers to take it down. But Leslie has a change of heart. And instead of embarrassed, she feels rather empowered by the painting. I mean, maybe because she's been having such a tough time with Chris's rules, you know, maybe like, you, yeah, this is what happens. You get a female centaur of me and is going to shove an arrow up. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> You're right, Mark. I mean, she basically says, leave it up. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can kind of see something, some wheels churning in there. Um, Tom's initial reaction to this, though, made me giggle, though. He's got a little p punching back Jerry here and he goes, that's what you see when you close your eyes at night, Jerry. <laughs> Topless Leslie glued to a horse. My AKA. So, uh, Tom, 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 what are you going to do? And then we, we go out of this scene with Leslie's talking head and says, I think to myself, what can't that centaur woman do? Besides ride an escalator and drive a car. There is that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are only so important, Mark. Well, I don't know if a centaur would be able to ride a Ferris wheel. I was thinking about this. These are the things that I think about. Uh, you know what? I, I think you should keep building this list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put it in your, your blog or, you know, markthoughts.creed.com. It's just a word document. Yeah, it's a word document. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you figured that out? Finally. Oh, uh, okay. It All took right. me six months <laughs> and I'd gotten a lot of positive reviews. <laughs> that That's kind of weird. I know. Huh. That's so weird. I don't know how that works. I don't either. Well, Mark, this scene continues. We're still at the rec center. And, uh, you know, almost immediately after this, Anne makes a discovery and not everyone is as happy with Jerry's masterpiece as Leslie. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Anne discovers that in one of the corners, there's like a fat little cherub baby looking thing with <laughs> wings and all going all flappity around and stuff. And then she looks at it closely and she realizes that just like the female centaur resembles Leslie, this cherub, fat little baby cherub thing is Tom. Oh, my God. The baby is Tom. I know. And uh, 
Tom, this does not go over well with Tom. <laughs> like all of a sudden he's very anti this all the way around. What the hell, Jerry? I know. Look at my pot belly over there. It looks like I, I'm a pregnant baby. <laughs> <laughs> and and like, did you notice that like everyone's looking at it now because Tom's embarrassed? That's fun. And even Ron is looking at the painting with like barely disguised glee. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, so and that that's kind of the majority of what happens in this. I think Leslie introduces a, a random art pass patron passerby to say, hey, you want to come look at my painting? And he's like, yeah, that's hot. And she's like, thank you. So she's yeah. like feeling her she, oats a little bit right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. it didn't take long. And uh, that that's pretty much what happens in this scene. Tom just continues to be mad, especially when uh, Anne points out around like the, the, the rumpus area. It's like, you gave me baby rolls, Jerry. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Yup. <clears throat> Mark, it's the following morning back at City Hall. And, and some people can wear confidence like a fitted suit. And, and I got to say, Leslie is and it fits quite nicely. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. Thank um, you. Yeah, I like that. I, so Tom walks in in the morning and he's finding Leslie kind of radiating confidence, feeling her oats. She's like, good morning, Tom. You know, she's like, just <laughs> like, she's like the, 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 the Aphrodite goddess yes. that ranked a seven yeah. on Ron's list, I think. Um, and, and he also sees that there's a maintenance man that's there to fix the lights, which he's been wanting him to fix that, that blankety light yeah. that you referred to that, that thing is getting fixed now. Yeah. And it's cause she marched in this guy's office and said, you fix this now. I'm not leaving until you do. And he's like, all right. And then she said, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Donna enters and, and tells Leslie Chris wants her in his office. So before she leaves, she goes, yeah, maintenance man. After you do that, you fix the printer. Like, I don't know how to fix the printer. Yeah, you learn it. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it out. So like you're, she's not taking no for an answer. Mm. I did notice that. Uh, so Leslie's kind of walking into Chris's yeah. office, summoned by him. And, and it's it's about the painting. And Jerry says, you know, do you want me to, you know, should I come? Like, this isn't about you, Jerry. Like, it's my painting. It's my, my painting. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me kind of of, uh, of uh, what's his name? Uh, Milton from Office it Space. It did remind me. It was a building Milton on moment. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milton moment. We might need to capture that, Mark. That's it. Oh, a new a new uh, yeah, trope. A new trope. Nice. Yeah, All I right. like it. Well, speaking of tropes, too, we've got, you know, some Tom punching bag Jerry here in this sequence before we leave. And Leslie heads over to Chris's office. She, he says, well, I'm glad somebody's feeling good. <laughs> They're going to hang that thing in a public building where everybody can see it. And in one brushstroke, Jerry has killed the Jay-Z vibe that it's taken me years to cultivate. So, And replaced it with a fat, fat brown, brown baby. baby vibe, which, if you didn't know, is not <laughs> as cool of a vibe. It is not as cool no. a vibe. Uh, mm. And that's just not fair, Mark. No. It really isn't. I agree. Yeah. Well, in Chris's office, Leslie joins Marsha Langman and Chris. And, you know, I enjoy a good artistic depiction of the human form as much as anyone, Mark. But like Marsha, I'm solidly against government funded animal porn. Well, you know, be there to your own devices there, I guess. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Leslie it comes into Chris's office and Marsha Langman's there. Bum, bum, bum. And Jerry's picture is on display and. Basically, Marcia insists that the painting is pornography and doesn't uh, belong in government buildings and needs to be destroyed. And Chris assures her that they will come to a solution, which Marcia says, yeah, it's, the solution is to destroy it. And then <laughs> then she leaves. And so Chris seems like he's siding more with Marcia at this point than anything else that we can tell. Leslie's fired up, though, and she's not allow about to let this painting be destroyed. 
I, I'm a little worried that, that we may be introducing yet another new trope here. And I wanted mm. to get your thoughts on this. Spineless Chris? Like, I feel like he kind of caved at this point. We know he doesn't mm. like controversy, and we'll hit on that a little more later. But I just like, I was a little surprised by his immediate, like you said, it seems like he almost sided with Marsha right away. You know, that's interesting. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I think that there are some things like his no dating rule. He didn't cave worth nothing. But I think that there are some things. Right, so this is an interesting one. I think we want to keep our eye on. It. I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Public pressure, for sure. The only other note I want to make about this scene is this is where my my I guess my winner, a.k.a. From it is, where, yes. where, you know, Leslie's saying this isn't bestiality porn. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, look at that. Like, it, how, how did this centaur get like that? Who had sex with what and gave birth to which? Which is, you know, I, I, I don't know. Mark, it's a picture of a centaur, a beautiful half person, half horse. Yup. So, I mean, it's got to do. Suck it, Marsha. I know. Yeah. You're going to get an arrow. It, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. <laughs> well, over at Burley's house, the roomies are all awake and in various stages of starting off their day. When we learn that uh, Ben's, bed bug pro- Ben's bed bug problem is go- is gone. That's the good news. But uh, he, he, he didn't have a bed. Well, you know. One problem, as as the Bible says, uh, one problem begats another. I don't know, something like that. There's a lot of begatting in the Bible. There is a more than you think. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Make a painting of that. Um, So, (laughs) you know how you know how in uh, in prior um, episodes I referred to uh, Ann's workplace as Ann Perkins Hospital. Sure. Of course. So as I was as as I was going through this, uh, I kept on uh, thinking about. Uh, I asked myself, uh, I asked myself, I says, uh, what would the artist formerly known as Prince uh, call this? And I thought, well, I think I would call this the residence formerly known as Burley's house. So it's a little wordy, but that's like that's how I keep on saying because I can't bring myself to say April and Andy's because no. Yeah, <laughs> I just call it Burley's house. I, I I'm pretty it, sure legally it's still Burley's house. I call it the residence formerly known as Burley's house because like he's not there. But but this is a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I know. So at the residence formerly known as Burley's house, yes. um, <laughs> Ben stumbles out into the living room after having spent the night there. And as you said, there's no bed, so he probably didn't sleep real well. Andy and April are on the couch eating turkey chili out of Frisbees. Mark, are they sharing a fork? They're sharing a fork. They're <laughs> passing a single damn fork back uh, and that's forth. That's pretty cute, isn't it? Yeah, because April eats really slow. And so that's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's not going to work. Oh, my gosh. I guess they only have the one. So Ben continues his theme of being both, I think, amazed and frustrated at what sort of common items they don't have in the house. For example, dishes to eat off of or a bed. <laughs> and he starts to tell them, he says, I don't know. I, I don't think I can stay here. And they said, no, 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 no. You 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 got to stay yeah, on account. Of, we already spent your money on Xbox 360. And look, we got we got more Frisbees, Frisbees. to eat off of. We're being <laughs> responsible. And so at this point, Ben kind of puts his foot down and says, look, here's what's going to happen. We're going to clean this place up. Yeah. And then I am going to teach you how to be adults. Gee, golly. Thanks, mister. I know. I know. <laughs> Love April. I do, too. Well, we'll have to see how that turns out. But meanwhile, we're over at Pawnee NBC4. And you know, Mark, I heard uh, that Purd, uh, you know, may may think that centaurs are real. Well, 
it's it's kind of up in the air, but it's it's looking like that. Our our uh, our same uh, science uh, team over there in uh, <laughs> what'd you call it, Vern? Mark, by Vern, do you mean CERN? Yeah, oh. I, it, it may be. I don't know. It, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so Vern, what's wrong with you? So that place has determined. Yeah, uh, oh, the CERN has. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They have determined that uh, they're not sure that centaurs are real, but Perd, I think, maybe thinks they are. Yeah. So, yeah, Leslie is there on your herd with Perd. And Leslie is there to talk about the painting. And she's trying to rouse public support. And she defends the painting pretty well. And she calls it a beautiful work of art. And, and despite the resemblance to her that the subject of the painting is not her, it's actually strong and empowered women everywhere. And as you mentioned, Perd seems to be on the fence as to whether centaurs are real. She, and he asked Leslie and he, she's like, no. And he's like, are you absolutely sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, the one thing Leslie is sure of is that government should not be in the business of censorship. That's especially right. Especially when a painting is as awesome as this one is. Well, yeah. Well, over at Burley's house and uh, I'm sorry, we're back over at Burley's house. Is there, I'm sorry. The house formerly known as Burley's. The residence the, formerly known oh, as Burley's. The residence yeah. formerly known as Burley's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a mouthful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the lessons in Adulting 101 are continuing and they're including instruction about not mixing colors, Mark. I mean, laundry colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you'd mentioned this in the in one of your AKAs that Ben's just trying to do baby steps here and he gets distracted from teaching them literally how to do their laundry when Andy hands him what should be the laundry detergent. And he says, oh, you just handed me bubble bath. Are you telling me that you use bubble bath to wash <laughs> your clothes? And Andy's is got science on his corner. He's like, they both make bubbles. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Same thing. There, there's lots of um, BMC Ben mugs to the camera in this episode where he's just oh, like looking at the camera yeah. and shaking his head. Like, can you even believe I'm with these two numbskulls? Well, you know, April believes that segregation of your lights from your darks is racist. It's racist, smart. clearly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's maybe on to something. Yeah. Well, back over at the TV station, Mark, I cannot define art, but I know it when I see pornography. Damn it, Constantine, pay attention to what you're writing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Constantine. I'll, I'll give you 20 after the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So back at your herd. Um, Purd introduces his second guest, which Leslie did not anticipate. No, um, which is, uh, I think, uh, one of our firsts for this episode. Yeah, uh, porn star Brandy Max with, with four X's. Max, that's how I think of it. Who defends what she does? You know why it's four instead of three, Mark? No, she's one better. Wow. All right. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah. marketing. It's all marketing. Wow. It's like. Triple A uh, car thing. Yeah, I'm that, starting quad A. The, We're one better. Brilliant. I can't argue with that. Yeah. It's marketing, son. <laughs> All right. So so Brandy Max defends what she does and, and indirectly at the same time defends Leslie on account as she lumps in, you know, the, the painting uh, with her body of uh, work. And Leslie tries to jump in a few times and suggest perhaps maybe there's a difference between the two. And, you know, it can be difficult to define pornography and stuff. But the the scene ends. I love this. The scene ends with Purd asking asking Brandy Max how she defines pornography, to which she replies. For me, it's when the penis goes in and. 
both Leslie and Purr just sit there in stunned, awkward silence. They're looking around. They don't know what to say or do for maybe like six to eight seconds. What, what do you say to that? I mean, she's not wrong, but unexpected. So freaking funny. Like the, a great example, I think, of how silence in the right places yes. can be just as funny so as, as scripted words, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have to send a note over to our buddy. Although I'm sure lots of these, you know, we, we've learned that the writer's room, there's a principal writer, but everybody contributes. Oh, yeah. I, do, I yeah, am yeah. curious from time to time who, like who came which up, lines. Right. Who yeah. came up with this little gem? Come on. Yeah. Who insisted on the silence in this case? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, over at the residence formerly known as Burley's. Thank you. Uh-huh. Once upon a time, Mark, I shared a house with five guys in Bloomington. I don't know if I ever told you this. Oh, no. yeah, I did. I, I told you about our Slumlord Apostles yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. catch football team. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I remember that our freezer kept icing up. But as I recall, it was from vodka bottles and, and not correspondence. Well, yours was a much funner way it to really do it. It really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ben is continuing to try and help April and Andy adult. And take some basic steps. And and so here's here's the way I look at it. Here's the way the scene basically goes. It goes like this. It goes, Ben, where do you put your bills? <laughs> Them in the freezer so they don't get lost. Huh. And Ben reaches into the freezer and he pulls out this enormous wad of freezer burned iced over bills. Yeah. And, and he's like he holds them in front of him with both hands and he looks at Andy and April. He's like, you have to pay these. Them crickets. OK, new lesson. Here's how to balance a checkbook them crickets <laughs> and then we cut to a local bank okay new lesson here's how to open a <laughs> bank account which would have been great except you know ben then looks at andy and he appears to be like you know those pens that yeah. the banks provide to write on yeah and he's chewing on one of those pens and apparently it went and exploded in his mouth and he like quickly puts it down like he was caught and says oh yeah 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 bank account good so i don't know how this Thank is you, going so far yeah uh, Mark, I decided this is, uh, again, you know, when we don't know the name of something, I just yeah. pointed out and make one. This is the first bank of Pawnee, which is the FBOP. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. The yeah. FBOP. The FBOP. Mm, FBOP. <laughs> I think that was a G note there, Mark, actually. Oh. Close. Well done. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You. Okay. Well, backstage at You Heard with Purd, we get to know Brandy a little better, and it turns out that she's not into fat baby cosplay, and frankly, I was a little relieved. So she says. Yeah, this is a pretty short scene. You know, Tom was actually there off stage while Leslie was on air, you know, with You Heard, and, uh, and Tom takes this opportunity to be his Tom self and introduces, and introduces himself to Brandy Max, and... And tells her. But you know, Mark, hold on. Did you notice how he introduced himself? Uh, Thomas Haverford. Well, yeah, yeah. He's distinguished and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's what you do. And uh, <laughs> he tells her that she made some excellent points up there that, you know, her her very liberal stance on uh, sex stuff. And and he agrees with that. And and but any good inroads that he tried to pave here get waylaid when she recognizes him as the fat baby from Leslie's painting. <laughs> like, oh, you into that? No. <laughs> but it is cute. Oh, and then and then he marches away. This is like, I want to say the second time so far where Tom just marches away and says, "Damn it, Jerry!" under his breath. Oh yeah, like he does that multiple times this episode. He really does. Yeah. yeah, he had plenty of opportunity here. 
He's going to blame Jerry for all of it. Sure. Well, we're in city manager Chris's office. Yep. And Mark, we're not the only ones who've noticed that Leslie's been acting a little different lately. Um, but at least she won't be acting alongside Brandy in her new film. Oh, good God. That's a, that's a <laughs> good, good God. choice. Good choice. Good choice. Um, although, you know, I'm sure it was flattering to be asked. Of course. But yeah, Chris is uh, has Leslie and Jerry in his office, and he's a little... Maybe a first for him. He's a little angry, maybe. Mm -hmm. He's getting a little angry, uh, which is like thunder coming from him. And he says he saw them on your herd, or Leslie at least, and says, okay, you know what? I got no choice. I got to convene a meeting of the Pawnee Public Arts Commission, also known as the PPAC. 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 And let them decide on the matter. Well, she says, fine with me. Public Arts Commission filled with hippies who love art and sometimes we yep. jackpot. Jackpot. So we'll see if she's right. Yep. Well, we're over at the Edward Phillips Senior Community Center, Mark. I don't know if you saw that. I did. And this is where the PPAC That's meeting right. is going to happen. And please let the record reflect that it is now Judgment Day. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. I made that up too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start this hearing with a quick remark from Mr. Traeger, followed by an impassioned speech from a fat baby. Hey, Alan, you are a piece of work. Yeah. Yeah. So visually what we see here is there's, you know, you kind of have like the, the, the cheap plastic folding tables and they've kind of, you know, stood them up. So you have like two rows of tables, it looks like on the one side. You have uh, Chris and Leslie and Tom. Well, they got to keep the basketball court open here at the senior <laughs> center, Mark, because they can throw down any time. Basketball is important in the state of Indiana. It, We've established this. So, yeah, Chris, Leslie and Tom are kind of in one table row, if you will. And then the row facing them has the members of the PPAC. Um, and Chris briefly stands to say he's a fan of art. That's about all he says. And sure. then this is followed by Tom standing up and he gives a short. He's a fan of something. He he gives a short impassioned speech to say that even though he's pro pornography, like a lot. Yeah. Like I wish I had my laptop here. Just, like I wish I could show you folder. this secret folder, like <laughs> gigabytes of proof. Like I could describe. It doesn't matter. Anyway. So even though I'm pro that uh, the fat little Tom Cherub thing is just disgusting and wrong. <laughs> Um, Mark, uh, please let the record reflect that the fat baby is referring to the painting. <laughs> I think that this, this was a missed opportunity for Tom. You know why? Remember back? Do you remember back in the camel? Yeah. Uh, where, one of our favorite where, episodes. Where, yes. And, yeah. and he would, he didn't like many of the others, uh, uh, artistic endeavors oh, right. because they, moved. because yeah. they didn't have shapes. shapes. Where the hell are the shapes? This doesn't have any shapes. This doesn't have any shapes. You know what? He's forgotten about the shapes. I know. Wow. He, he needs He's to abandoned his principles. Mark. He needs to get back to his roots. <laughs> oh, well. So, so Tom sits down shapes or not. And then Leslie finally stands up and she gives kind of an eloquent defense, despite being heckled constantly by Marsha uh, through the whole thing, who's, who's sitting uh, behind her. Mark, I think it goes something like this. Yeah. And I'll be Leslie and you be Marsha. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Ever great society has supported artistic expression. The Romans. Perverts. The Greeks. Gay perverts. <laughs> the great societies in Europe. <laughs> Europeans. <laughs> 
So good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the writing on this is good. I don't, I didn't know if you knew this. I did not. So, so yeah, but she does a pretty good job of, of defending the painting. And she points out that every great society has supported artistic expression and to demonize this painting is to demonize art itself. And, you know, we alluded to this earlier, Alan, given that Leslie believes the pee pack. Yeah. Is, she's got this in the bag is filled with hippies who love art and sometimes weed. She thinks she has this in the bag. So imagine her surprise then when they turn around and go, quote, there are nipples in it, so it just seems like we ought to be safe and destroy it. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, you know what? Sometimes you can count on crazy citizens of Pawnee, and sometimes uh, even the le- the weed-loving ones, you just can't. Well, sometimes you can count on crazy citizens of Pawnee, and sometimes you are crazy citizens of Pawnee. Well, that's true. Yeah. Over at Burley's, I'm sorry, the residence formerly known as Burley's House. <laughs> Thank you. Um, with the lecture portion of Adulting 101 now complete, Mark, it's time to send our students, um, I'm sorry, our future adults out on their first field assignment. Oh, this is scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this scene opens and April and Andy are kind of lounging on the couch, like being no good nicks like they do. And, and Ben walks in and tells them these things. A, he's giving them an advance on next month's rent. Yeah. Nice of him. B. He's made a list of uh, errands and things that a human adults need <laughs> and C, uh, due to the list in B, he they, he needs them to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy the stuff on that list. And April and Andy seem kind of resistant, but Ben assures them that they can handle it. Yeah, well, he's got faith in them and he's pretty sure that they can totally do it. Mm-hmm. But he does share with us, you know, the audience, Mark, that um there's like a 30% chance they'll both die. At least 30, yeah. I think the odds makers may want to up that a little bit. I'll take the line on that. Me too. Yeah. Well, back at the L. Edward Phillips Senior Center, Mark. Yes. Um, like the music genres of which there are clearly two, country and Western. Yes. Marsha uh, is showing Leslie just how flexible she is by giving her a chance to either burn the painting one of two ways, uh, either in public or in private. How nice are her? Yeah. It, and uh, if it's private, she gets to put the footage on maybe her blog because I think she needs some uh, some likes or good reviews. There you have it. However that works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at this point, Leslie basically says, look, you made your point. Um, this painting is really important to me. And if you are you know, a stickler about this because you don't want to hang in a government building, you know what? Fair enough. Can yeah. I can I please just take it home. I don't want to see this painting destroyed. And she's like, Oh no, it's going to be destroyed to death. It's uh, going to burn, burn, burn. And you know what? First here, then in hell Uh, in, in that order. (laughs) I mean, I suppose. And Marsha goes to get her car saying, and you know what? I'm just going to go get my car and you can help me load it in the back seat. So then the burning can commence. And and Leslie goes, no. And she jumps up, she grabs the painting and she runs off, which I was kind of impressed with because it's kind of a big painting. So she's booking with it. Marsha's like, hey, come back here. uh, Make me stag. I'm Divina. Something's got in the Leslie's head. I know. Yeah. Well, speaking of Bed Bath & Beyond, I, I know we've all heard of kids in the candy store, and, and it's not hard to imagine how hard it is for that kid to control themselves. Yep. Uh, but I don't know how tempting it would be for these pre-adults, Mark, to go shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, should we just play this clip? Oh, I think we should. This is good stuff. All right. Let's, uh, Constantine, uh, hit button B there, please. This place is amazing. 
Oh my god. They have a thing that makes sherbet. We need five of those. No, <laughs> we need to stick what's on the list. First things first, oven mitts. Where are the oven mitts? Oh my god. They have all the as seen on TV stuff. Uh-uh. Shake weight, iron gym, miracle hand repair, big top cookie, little bites, slap chop. Honey. Oh my god, go for it. Honey. Listen to me. Get it all. Grab everything that we've seen it on TV, put it in this car right now. Iron Jim, I'm gonna get so bothered. We got a marshmallow shooter. Marshmallow shooter, get to Wait, what about the magic bullet? Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I don't think he's actually seen it, Mark, do you? Oh yeah, yeah, it's the stuff they've seen on TV. Like get all the stuff you've seen on TV. Get this? Yeah, I've seen it. It's like, yeah. So we must get it. Absolutely. We see, therefore, we must buy. I think that's the order of things. I think if we all behave that way, wait, we all do behave that way. Yeah, we do. Well, Mark, back at Burley's house, it's a good thing that uh, it's so close to the senior center because the fuzz, well, or at least Marsha Langman, yeah. is, is hot on Leslie's tail and she needs a place to stash this original Rembrandt. I mean, I'm sorry, this original Gergage. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we hear a rapid knocking at the front door at the residence formerly known as Burley's there. And yep. Ben goes to answer it and sees Leslie with the painting. And she quickly explains to him, you know, she was at a meeting around the corner and some people want to destroy the painting. And it's of her as a topless centaur, which gets Ben's attention. And <laughs> she brought it here because uh, I think she wanted them to maybe hide it. Yeah. Well, she, um, and she's facing it away from Ben. She, she's like, you know, trying to have some decorum here. Yeah, she has yeah. that decorum. Her colleagues. Like you said. Yeah, of course they are. Um, and they have rules. There's rules, damn it. Um, Chris rules. <laughs> Idiot. Dork block. Anyway, so <laughs> Leslie excuses herself to take a call from Chris which I might mention during which Ben can't resist taking a little peek at the painting. <laughs> and uh, cause I mean, he's only human. My God. Curiosity. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to Leslie's dismay, Chris uh, angrily over the phone ex- insists that Leslie bring the painting to city hall tomorrow morning and surrender it to Marsha Langman. Do you understand me, madam? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's mad. He He's a little more mad than we've seen Chris at this point. I mean, yeah. still not like Swanson mad. No, gosh, no. No, he didn't burst into flames. This is maybe the equivalent of Tom going, damn it, Jerry. Yeah. Well, you know, Mark, he's so angry that his heart is racing. It's literally going 45 beats per minute. I don't even know how he can stand up. <laughs> oh, gosh. A couple more minutes of that and he will clearly pass out. Yeah, it's normally like 12, I think. Yeah. Well, back at Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, um, I think this next scene speaks to exactly why adulting is so hard, Mark. And I was thinking maybe we should just play out this clip as well. Oh, I agree. Let's do it. <laughs> Mighty putty. <laughs> what are we doing? We didn't get a single thing that Ben told us to. Sure we did. We got the marshmallow shooter. <laughs> I don't think that's on the list. But I want it. I want it too. But I also kind of want my own fork. <laughs> Just because you eat really slow, which is cute, but also super annoying. <laughs> Fine. What? What's wrong? Nothing. It's just adults are boring. And I hate them. And I don't want to buy all this stupid, boring adult stuff and become boring adults. Hey, listen to me. Yes, we're going to get a dish rack and shower curtains and a cutting board. But if you think for one second, I'm not also going to get that marshmallow shooter so that I can shoot you in the face with marshmallows when you're asleep. <laughs> you're the dumbest woman I know. 
You're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) That is so absurdly sweet. I love these kids. Tell me that's not romance right there. It is romance. And you know what? I mean, honestly, I, you know, 23 years. I remember being kids and when we had to make tough decisions about things we wanted versus things we needed in all seriousness. Yeah. It kind of does suck becoming an adult sometimes. I still think that. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. But you know what, Mark? Mm. Adults can do in the privacy of their own home. No. What? They can watch the West Wing. <sighs> just, all right. <laughs> just, just, mm. <laughs> well, speaking of making tough decisions, when someone is asking you to do something you don't want to do, Mark, uh, Leslie has a real choice to make here back at Burley's house. I'm sorry, the residence formerly known as Burley's. Thank you. Yeah, so Leslie is kind of venting to Ben a little bit about her the, the phone call that she just had with Chris. And she asks him, well, what what should I do? And I, I think Ben tries to initially take like kind of a level-headed stance and say, well, you know, it, the, the rule kind of is, is in government, you shouldn't offend people. And then Leslie just kind of shakes her head and just says, I, I've been so annoyed at the rules lately. <laughs> and Ben kind of looks at her and says, you know what? Me too. I wonder what they're talking about here, Mark. Yeah. Is there subtext here? Is that what that's called? I don't know what that means. Um, So, but yes, the thing you just said that I don't know what it means. I think that's here. I I, think it's text under text. Is that what subtext is? Um, Yeah. I don't know what uh, subtext is. I I don't even know if it really exists anyway. So, but yeah, that, that I think that is there. So, just then, April and Andy walk through the front door with their uh, purchases yeah. uh, from Bed Bath and Beyond, and uh, they're a little surprised to see Leslie there. And she explains about the painting, and you know, April and Andy take a look, and you know, and both April and Andy tell Leslie that they hit that, you know, uh, with with respect, and she thinks that's very sweet. But then she decides to take off and takes the painting with her. Um. And the scene ends with Ben asking April and Andy, so how'd you do? <laughs> and he says, does this answer your question? And he shoots him like with a thousand marshmallows. They're mini marshmallows, which is smart. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> I mean, is it? <laughs> well, it is because it's more like like bullets, Mark. Versus mm. now, if you get a shotgun version of the, the magic marshmallow shooter, it would be like the big giant oversized marshmallows. But this is clearly about more about like, you know, scatter shot. This is the weirdest conversation I've ever had. I think you're spot on, but yeah. Look, here's what we're going to do. Uh-huh. We're going to pause the podcast. Uh-huh. We're going to drive down the street to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Oh, damn it. They're not around anymore. Um, they were like just a couple years ago, though. Yeah, I know. We should have done this sooner. Yeah, we, we then really. we could have tried this out. We waited too long. Yeah. Pull it into LFP labs and try it out ourselves. Well, if we could just get that time machine back that you used to oh, have, then we yeah, could actually we do that. this. I'm going to check Amazon too, in, right. in case we can't find the time machine. Well, or unless we need to buy one. It takes a special type of fuel that I can't get anymore. Oh, is, is, is it Blockbuster videos? Does that what it takes for fuel? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Blockbuster membership cards. Oh my, just that's those are rare. Very rare. Oh my gosh. Well, having slept on her choices, Mark, Leslie arrives at the Parks Department the following morning with the painting, and it seems like she's made her choice. Yes. Yeah. She arrives and and Jerry sees her with the painting and says, what's up? And she kind of tells him what's going on. She's got to turn it over to Marsha Langman because Chris told her to. Say goodbye to Diafina. And Jerry seems really disappointed, Mm -hmm. saying, 
well, that kind of seems like the kind of thing I would do. And, and I didn't Ooh. think he would give in. And that kind of gives her pause. And I mean, I don't think he meant that in a, in a mean way or no, anything, I but I think he was just, I think he has such high regard and respect for Leslie. He didn't think that she was going to give in. And I think that kind of gets her wheels turning and she sits there and she looks thoughtful for a few seconds. And then she smiles at Jerry and says, come with me. So she may have a last minute wacky plan. And it seems that something has occurred to her, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, meanwhile, Mark, over at the shoeshine booth, Andy is reaping the, one of the minor benefits of his adult decisions. And he seems to have also tuned into the adult level vibes uh, of those around him as well now, too. Yes, yes. Um, this is a weird combination of a kid moment and an adult moment. So mm -hmm. Ben Ben comes up to the shoeshine stand and he and Andy are just making small talk. And um, he does, you know, mention, hey, this this eating cereal from a bowl with a spoon. <laughs> kudos for that, my man. You know, like way to go. Of, of that. This is one of the benefits of adulting. Sign oh, me up. Um, although he doesn't really realize he's not supposed to bring his dishes into work, but whatever. Ba baby steps. Who makes these rules, Mark? Baby Who makes steps. Them? I know. I know. The man. That's what I've been told. Oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think his name is Phil. <laughs> Phil. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Andy actually plays the adult part when he says, you know what? I noticed that there was a little bit of a weird vibe, uh, you know, going on when we came home. Well, what's going on between you and Leslie? And Ben initially tries to go, nothing, what? nothing. We're friends. Why? Why? And Andy goes, no, there's something going on. Like I can tell, like he's unusually perceptive, I think. And Ben finally kind of gives in and says, all right, look, I, I think we like each other. But Chris has this rule. We can't date. It's not even an option. And Andy tells him not to worry. You know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So it's kind of a nice moment. I really enjoyed this moment. Yeah. Well, Mark, back in Leslie's office, we are preparing for Leslie to turn over this pornographic centaur to Marsha. And uh, amazingly, Leslie doesn't seem as upset as she should be at this point. No, apparently things have changed. Hmm. So, yeah, Leslie and Tom are in their shared office and Tom is at his desk and Leslie is standing up next to the covered uh, painting uh, with Marsha Langman. Uh, decorum, Mark, decorum. Yeah, decorum there. And uh, Marsha Langman's talking to her and saying, okay, about time you came to your senses, blah, 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 ha, ha. And then Leslie says, let's just take a look at it one last time. And she uncovers it. And this time it shows that the centaur has changed from a female to a muscular male with Tom's face, which makes Tom, of course, jump up excitedly mm -hmm. from his desk and say, this is amazing. <laughs> and... Leslie tells Marsha that she had the artist paint over it. And yeah, well, it's too bad. Yeah, you can destroy it, I guess. If I mean, if you want. But at this point, she'd probably agree that no one's going to be offended. And Marsha kind of just reluctantly nods and walks out yeah, of the office. Game over. I she, guess. She yeah. lost. Well, the only way someone could actually be offended by this, Mark, is if they had a problem with centaurs having modern haircuts. <laughs> well... I'm 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 open minded like that. I do not mind. I love the talking head exit of this scene, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we see basically a wide shot. Well, we see a close up of Leslie at her desk at first. And she says, you know, there were many kinds of Greek goddesses. Yep. Some were lovers. Yep. Some were warriors. Yeah. And the camera goes wide. Mm -hmm. We see the original painting mm -hmm. and the new painting. Mm -hmm. She did not have him paint over it. Mm. And she says, and some. We're tricksters. Like Loki. Like Loki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to get back to Loki. What that. if? 
well and late for the party yeah i know all yeah. that all that's that because you stuff. didn't watch it because you should have and you didn't i know yeah but I that's know. for another time <laughs> or another time but this is a cool trick by leslie i love it i mean to me i like i got like a little kind of chills on this one i loved right. it i mean i'm not saying they're oceans 11 but it's pretty good <laughs> it's like an oceans 44 mark i was gonna be like an oceans one and a half. Oh, so you think like defcon the lower known women which which is it? Lowers better, bigger, higher? Look, all I know is is that stalagmites come from the ceiling because they might touch the floor. I don't so know. There's a mnemonic. I don't remember how to do that. I don't know what that means. All right, let's go on. Well, Mark, over in the city manager's office, we know from his brief history here in Pawnee that Chris is not a fan of conflict, and he is just glad to have this behind him so he can get back to his primary job of being a yenta for Ben. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be a Yenta for Ben. Um, Don't we all? We, I know I do. I, I pick Leslie. And and Leslie is is very. Chris is telling Leslie that he's glad that it's all over and yeah. he sees Ben and he tells him to come into his office to tells him to join him. And you know what? This is this is just really good. Let's have Constantine play this clip as well. I think we should do that. Yeah. All right, buddy. Button D. Last one. I promise. Yeah. Come in here. Come how did your date with Cindy go? Uh, you know, she wasn't really my type. She's a tall brunette. You always like tall brunettes. Hmm. Well, uh, not exclusively. Historically, yes. Oh. Exclusively. He said he didn't like her, so it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep trying. Because you are incredible. Thank you. And you deserve someone amazing and <laughs> smart and beautiful. Thank you. A real goddess. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Subtle. Hey! Yeah. What about Shelly from the health food store? I don't know who that is. Her brother died climbing Everest? Great. Interesting, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great choice to play that clip, Mark. I, I appreciate that. I also like the camera, the camera activity in that if you watched it, mm -hmm. that tight shot on Leslie reacting to mm -hmm. this bro moment and... Uh, She's she's very kind of amused by them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, very much. Um, I think at Chris, most of all, like he like he really cares for Ben, but he's expressing it in a very odd Chris way. But yeah, I mean, he's kind of nice. I, I think he's well intentioned for sure. Yes. But um, Leslie's got her own agenda and uh, she's still kind of, uh, you know, still glowing with confidence, I think, from the, all the activities that mm -hmm. have happened here. And uh, I love the real goddess comment oh yeah, yeah 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 you deserve someone smart and beautiful a real goddess <laughs> like yeah exactly subtle <laughs> yeah very subtle leslie <laughs> well mark we're out in the bullpen and the gang is having a final round of art appreciation yeah leslie carries the new painting that jerry did with tom's face on the centaur out into the bullpen so tom and donna and jerry and april and andy and ron can all look at it and they all compliment it. And Tom's particularly proud until Andy and April ask anatomically, where where's your penis? Where would your penis be? It would be between the back legs or the front arms or what's going on there? And then once again, Tom gets flustered and angry all over again. Damn it, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, I think that just leaves the kicker. We've got Leslie taking a call from, I don't know, is it another concerned citizen? <laughs> no, no. So Jerry's in Leslie's office with her and Leslie is And this on, is the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the next yeah. day. And Leslie's on the phone with Jerry's wife, 
scale. Ah, and you know what? This is not real long. All right, Constantine, Alan lied. Can we play this one last clip? <laughs> he lied again. Here we go. Gail, I know Jerry is your husband. Look, I can promise you there's absolutely nothing going on between us. No, no, I did not pose for that painting, but thank you for thinking I did. Okay, well, sure, hold on. Gail, sweetheart, you have nothing to worry about, okay? I'm not gay, neither is Jerry. And I didn't pose for him. I promise you, hon, Jerry only has eyes for you. And pound cake, am I right? <laughs> God. <laughs> Fade Jerry to black. Jerry not amused. No, no, no. Uh, well, that was a good one, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to play out the end of the episode. I like that. Mark, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back, we'll finish our shenanigans, and then we'll all go home. All right, let's do it, man. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. As part of my continuing public service obligation, which continues to be none of your fucking business, I have agreed to talk about the upcoming Pawnee Art Fair. The Art Fair will have several paintings. Some are big, some are small. Most are rectangular. People did them, and they exist now. They may be purchased and hung on the walls of your domicile. Apparently, it's all art. Everything is art. And if art is anything, then most art is meaningless nonsense. However, if you enjoy art made since Grant Wood's American Gothic, then you are likely just gullible enough to enjoy an art fair hosted in Pawnee, Indiana. In conclusion, and most important, do not misinterpret the fact that I am talking right now as genuine interest in art and attempt to discuss it with me further. Thank you. That is fucking all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, you know, this DVD did not have a lot of deleted scenes. Not no. only did it have not have the normal, uh, you know, 2120 cut that we could not find, as right. we pointed out. Um, it only really had about a minute and 54 seconds of deleted scenes, which are mostly, I think, kind of uh, these, I, I would normally call them talking heads, which they were, but they were almost like the other side of the interview Mm -hmm. A talking head is sometimes just a thought. Mm -hmm. These almost seem to be answering interview questions. Right. I mean, a little right, weird, right. a little different. I, I, it didn't really surprise me that the deleted scenes segment was so small because I think they included just about everything in this longer well, than normal yeah. episode. 2638. There you yeah. go. The, the one thing that was a little funny was that apparently if you zoomed in very, very, very tightly. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Uh, maybe down to like two millimeters. Yeah. Uh, on Oren's painting, it just simply had an almost like you paint on the end of a grain of rice. You know? Yeah. It said nature. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny and clever. It is. I got to give Orrin props. Yeah. So he would have had him with that one. Well, Mark, what about tropes first or fun facts? Uh, I clocked a few. How about you? I, I didn't have a whole lot, but I had a, I had a few. I, I actually only had two firsts, although I'm sure I missed some. One was, you know, we, we've said this a couple of times already. The first appearance of Brandy Max. Yes. And I also put the first time Chris gets angry that we saw. That's up for interpretation, but I feel like 
up to now, maybe he was a little disappointed. It's fair. You know, I'd say it is the first time he's been angry or mad or he felt like somebody was not basically following his directive. Yeah. And so he had to get aggressive. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Aggressive Chris. Yeah. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll see that again. We'll have to we'll have to clock that and see. What did I miss? Well, I had it's the it's the first four day episode. I mean, we've never had four days worth of scenes. You know, I track them and I see what I you know hmm. looked at. I'm like this this kicker is on day four. It's the four. So it's interesting because it's not that big a deal, I suppose, because there were not more locations because of it. this one did have quite a few locations. But that's an episode change or. But that's a wardrobe change for everybody. That's a lighting and setup change. And so, you know, it's it's it has some impact that to, to tell a story over four days versus a single day. Is that right? We, so we start out we start out on the day of the art fair. Yep. And then then it's kind of a half day. That first day is a half day. So and, and then mm-hmm. the next day, I think, is the day that Ben first slept over at yep. April and Andy's like, there's no damn bed here. Yep. And then. The third day is when they go to the PPAC meeting. That's correct. And then this, you're right. The, yeah, the kickers are the yeah. fourth day. Oh. So, yeah. Um, I also had a new acronym, Mark. You'll like this. Mm. It's PFAT. P-F-A-T. Yeah. Poking fun at Tom. Like, <laughs> okay. I feel like Tom became the butt of many jokes in this episode, and that's unusual. I'm calling it a first. Even if it's not really a first, it's certainly a concentrated first. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that there are, are times when even Jerry did it. <laughs> did he? I can't remember if he joined in or not. I think even if he didn't, everybody else did, though. Certainly everyone else had a swing of the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then my last one was Jerry disappointed in Leslie. I mean, he tells her straight up with this decision to hand the painting over to, to Marshall Langman. He's a little surprised. It's That's something that he would have done. I think it's a first. Judgey yeah. Jerry. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I guess I would agree with that. Like I, I would say that that Jerry was less disappointed in Leslie than say Chris was angry. I think Chris's anger was stronger than Les, than than Jerry's disappointment. But I, you know what? I think you're right. I still think it was there. Yeah, I think it was there. How about tropes? I had a uh, three. I, and again, I didn't do very well this week. I, I bet I missed some. So one obvious one is punching back Jerry. There's a lot of that. Of course. Um, I had two bent. The other two are Benisms, uh, which often go hand in hand. I had Ben awkward moments, bam. Uh, and a lot of Ben mugs to the camera as yeah. he just incredulously could not believe these two yahoos, you know, did not have <laughs> the most basic adulting principles down. How about you? I had the same. And then I only had one additional one and just, Pawnee art, like it, it's become a bit of a theme. You know, this is at least the third episode where we've dealt with art in Pawnee. And and really, if you count the murals, it's a lot more than that. So I just think it's interesting. Not necessarily something you'd expect from this show. But that yeah. that is yeah. interesting that at least thematically it's come up more often than you would think it would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many times have they yeah. talked about art in Two and a Half Men, for example? What show? Exactly. With that Charlie guy? Is that who it is? Whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. It's been a minute. Well, I didn't have any goofs or or fun facts for this one. Did you? I I didn't either. I I was pretty lean on this one. Yeah. Uh, You know, the house is on Gunderson Lane. That's about the only fun (laughs) fact I had. And I made that up. So. Well, you know, we're going to have to keep just like we keep a list of tropes. I think we're going to have to make a list of uh, stuff. Alan makes up. Yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, AMUF. Alan made up fun facts. That sounds great. Let's use that acronym.
Yep. Let's just move on, Mark. Yep. That sounds great. Well, Mark, should we get into our scores? Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give my episode MVP to Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. Although I'm going to say I could have given it to Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt. I thought this was a pretty strong Ben episode as well, but I'm going to give it to Amy because I feel like she was in more of the scenes and she kind of, again, was more of the glue that tends to hold the scenes together. I loved this ultra confident Leslie mode so much. I'd have to give it to her too. See, and I agree in that I actually had a note here. Thematically, I like how Leslie has become a strong, confident character, yep. especially when you compare to the season one Leslie, oh right? Gosh. I mean, she's come so a long way better. and she's been a good journey. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I think that the painting plot for me drug on just a little bit too long for my taste. And I think admittedly, maybe part of this is because of our forced uh, supersize episode. So that could be part of it. Could be. Um, you know, on that note, the A story was or decent. Or could just be wrong. Or it could be wrong. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we might have conflict here, folks. Uh, I thought the A story was was decent, but for whatever reason, it didn't like really grab me like some of the others mm-hmm. did. I probably enjoyed the B story more, uh, which is probably why Adam Scott came so close to tying Amy Poehler mm-hmm. for MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, his deadpan delivery. We've noted before he's kind of a modern day Bob Newhart, which I, I still love that that uh, um, comparison. Um, I love the the pairing of adult Ben and kids. Uh, Andy and April. <laughs> it's kind of a weird modern twist on the old reliable standby, the odd couple, right? Where it Ben's is. Felix is opposed <clears throat> by April and Andy's Oscar. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode and the previous one, Soulmates, I think did a good job of showing that even though they're married, April and April and Andy, they haven't really changed a whole lot. You know, they're still at their core, the same people yeah. that they always were. They're just together now. You yeah. Know? Which I, I kind of like. That's good. They had different parents in that episode, but yeah, they still need parents. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, also, just a quick note, and I'll let it drop. WTF, Burley left them the house, <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, smiley face, uh, fried shrimp. I don't know. I don't know how to end that sentence. I just, it's so mark, weird. <clears throat> rule number one, mm. willingness to suspend disbelief is don't ask questions, especially good ones. Oh, all right. Well, that actually explain a lot. Yep. All right. So I'm a Ron fanboy. Uh, not going to come as a surprise to you, Alan. This episode didn't have a lot of Ron, and it, I, 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 I just missed it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not doesn't cripple it or anything. I just I, I wish there's a little bit more of him in there. Um, I love the Perd happily scenes. Uh, Jay Jackson's great. I love you heard with Perd. I, I also appreciate more how Parks and Rec. I mean, they've been doing this a lot. They've been bringing back recurring guest stars to make Pawnee feel more fleshed out. I think that's a good move. It makes it feel like a real live town you know as corny as that sounds um and and i got a shout out speaking of you heard with bird i love the six to eight seconds of delightfully cringeworthy silence you know following brandy max's explanation that for her pornography is when the penis goes in (laughs) just so wonderful (laughs) just such funny silence i was stunned silent oh me too all right so here comes the the crazy Mark rubric for the score. So I gave this a, a four 4.0 base score. It had decent A and B stories. They didn't really grab me like some of the other episodes. I already explained that. Uh, meh. Um, I'm going to give a whole point for a great performance by episode MVP Amy Poehler. I'm going to give half a point for a good performance as well by Adam Scott. I thought his pairing with April and Andy was very funny. I'm going to give half a point for April and Andy's absolute mess of a house <laughs> uh, and, and including not having the most basic household items like sharing a fork. I mean, funny, but on a Frisbee, come on and, uh, and eating chili off a Frisbee. Um, I'm going to give half a point for continuing the development of the relationship between Ben and Leslie. I really like that. 
I'm going to give half a point for a nice performance by returning guest star Perd Happily in his awesome show. You heard? I just like doing that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give half a point for the episode's other guest stars. We we mentioned them already, I think. Uh, Mara Marini as Brandy Max, uh, Eric Eisenhower as Oren, and Darlene Hunt as the infamous Marsha Langman. And I'm going to give half a point for again for Brandy Max's explanation that for her, pornography is when the penis goes in. <laughs> I just love that. So you add up all those crazy mark points and you get a final score of eight little Sebastians. And I'm honestly not sure why this one didn't rank higher for me, except to say that at this point, despite the ultra scientific crazy mark rubric, sometimes certain episodes speak to me and sometimes they don't. You know, some this one, I thought, well, it was technically a good episode and it had good themes, funny moments, character development. Man, it just didn't gel for me. So there you go. I mean, for our loyal podcast viewers at home, if you feel like my bias is unfair, bringing the score down, I don't know. Feel free to mentally add half a point. So what you got, buddy? <laughs> so in other words, you're flexible is what you're saying. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. They, they shouldn't do it. But I mean, they can. <laughs> they can. Yeah. Well, the, technically, Mark, they could always round up or round down as they see fit. Yeah, I don't see it that way. No, I don't either. <laughs> Well, Mark, I think you're wrong. And, oh, and no. Here's why. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. You know, we've been saying that one of these episodes was going to be a 10 at some point. Right, Mark? Yeah. This isn't it. Oh. <laughs> you feel better now? Constantine, we got to clean up an aisle one. <laughs> go on. Mark, you said not. Oh, oh never mind. Um, look, <laughs> I... I I would say like, like a lot of episodes in season three, this was a really, really good episode. I really liked it. I think I liked it better than you did. And I'm going to say maybe a bit why, or at least give my score. Yeah. Let you wonder why. Um, but I, I felt like I remembered this episode for sure. I, a certain stick about it or whatever, but, um, when I rewatched, I just I really enjoyed it. And I don't know, I tend to watch these maybe three to five times mm-hmm. when we prepare for the show. I don't know about you. Um, I felt like every time I watched it, I appreciated it a little more. And like I said, I think I've alluded that in the past that my score can change depending on how many times I watch it. And mm-hmm. you know, what kind of mood I'm in, I suppose. That right. Day. Are you in a bad mood, Mark? Maybe. OK, uh, that, that could be part I thought of I it. I saw something again, you know, that walk from the parking lot. I that looked. Tough today. It was raining on you too, wasn't it? I was exhausted and wet. That's not a good combo. So, well, maybe that has something to do with it. Mark, I gave this nine little Sebastians. All right. Well, that that's within our, our, I think, maximum of one point variance that we've ever seen. The thing, if it goes beyond that, we just pack it in. We fist fight. Yeah. 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 We, We let the viewers choose. See, I tell you what. I can respect that score. Here's the thing. I thought thematically this episode had some really strong moments. Yeah. So, I, I, I get it. I do. I, it's interesting. I think that there have been some episodes and I think this happens more for me than you. And I don't know why this is that just don't, they, no. they, they don't grab me. Yeah. Like I come out of it just feeling like meh. And and it's not a bad episode. You know, it's interesting because really based on the way I do my score, which is probably more um, how am I feeling about it? Yeah. Than you, where you have a rubric and a process, yeah. a real process yeah. that I enjoy. Um I would think I would blow with the wind more than you would in terms of giving score in that regard. Um, And yet it does seem to impact you more. Like, I'll tell you what, I felt like, I think you said it earlier that the B story here was probably as strong as the A story, um, or at least you enjoyed it as much. I'd agree. I think that they were both strong. I think that Again, there might have been a little too much of the of, of the A story and, you know, some of the art pieces and 
maybe they hit that nail a little too hard. Um, and, and maybe that's why the B story stands out as being so strong because the A story wasn't as strong as it could have been. Or maybe, maybe Mark is just well balanced. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was a strong episode. It just, I don't know. I, I think I need to include something in my rubric just for my own personal slant on it. And and then if other people don't share my slant. It's so like a golf it. handicap almost. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing I really liked about this was the di- I called it the dichotomy of Andy. Right. So Andy, you know, baby man, Andy, you know, and a different different than the baby man in the earlier episodes right Where yeah we were just annoyed with him and he's being a jerk and it was just very self-centered yeah, not was, aware of others at all yeah he he was very selfish and he was a bad boyfriend to, to Anne, and then you know dwelled on her for way too long and then but and we both agree that him and april being together is awesome oh yeah it's awesome sauce and yes Mark. it sure is um and uh, but you know they're new in this relationship. They get married very quickly. They they don't own plates or forks, um, but they have a fork and multiple frisbees right. <laughs> instead. Which you know it works, I guess. Um, so let's just say they have room to grow on the adulting side of things. Right. And yet, you know, Andy gives us really good advice to Ben at the shoe shine late in the episode, where he says, "Look." First of all, Leslie's like the coolest person you've chosen well. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And look at me in April. If you're anything like us, three weeks from now, you'll be married, my friend. I I do like how, you know, lovable simpleton Andy, who I really do like as this version of him. I like how he can occasionally be deceptively perceptive and deep. He can see the tree through the forest somehow. Sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like he's a little bit of a whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I never would have thought of it like that, but I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But but again, it, it is a dichotomy for him that he can be both of those things. And I think it lends credibility to the storytelling and to the story arc. And um, I think it's it shows up like it does in real life a little bit. So I don't know. For me, I really liked the episode. I couldn't have given it more than nine, but I did give it nine little Sebastians. Yeah, fair enough. That's a respectable score. All right. Well, uh, on on the actual score, we'll just agree to disagree. I'm anxious to see what happens when we have a more than a one point swing, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get into a debate about it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Mark, that about does it for us for for this episode. We'll be back next week with episode 12 from season three. Eagleton. Eagleton. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I won't give away too much, but I've already watched this a couple of times and I can tell you that um, it's about to be that Eagleton. Oh, Eagleton. Yeah. So looking forward to that for sure. (laughs) Well, Mark, thanks to all of our listeners slash viewers. We appreciate you tuning in for us. You can find us on livefrompawnee.com. You can find us on the socials. Uh, We've got ways to support us out there on the website. You can also leave us support by giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, if you don't, as always, email Mark. Yep. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Okay, everyone, shut up! And look at me! (laughs) 